You need to change your way of thinking about governments. Your government, Western governments, all governments. It is time for us to have a hard conversation tonight. We have some COVID communism, a great light in the mood, all that and more coming up on I'm Right. Let's talk about government, our government specifically, or Western governments if you want to make it bigger. I understand we have a bunch of viewers in other countries. That's fine. It really will be applicable to all governments, Canada, America, France, Germany, so on and so forth. Let's talk about what we have right now. Let's understand times change because a government is relatively stable. I mean, governments are never completely clean, right? Because a government is relatively stable, well-run and good, you know, in doing things in the interests of the people, because it's like that one day does not mean it will be like that forever. Times change. Institutions change. Institutions that were wonderful can be and are corrupted inevitably over time. This is one of the big, big struggles people on the right are going to have. You may struggle with this. I'll be honest with you. I struggle with this, and this is what I mean. How are we supposed to think about our country? Look, I know you love America. The chances you love America, if you're watching my show right now, are pretty high. You know I love America. I would die for the place, happily. But America, we must understand, we have to get this through our thick skulls, America is not the government. And it's really not the government because our government now is evil. The Canadian government is evil. Western governments, France, Germany, you name it, they're evil now. No, they weren't always that way. They were always corrupt, at least on some level, and always inefficient, it's government, and always having big screw-ups. I, I realize that. There's nothing new under the sun. But we now have institutions that are all completely corrupted and wrong and evil, and it is important we understand that, or we're always going to be shocked and caught off guard by the things that come next. Do you know what your government would do to you in order to maintain the power it has and gain more power? Your government, you, an American, or look, maybe you're watching in Canada right now, you, a Canadian, do you know what your government would do to you to make sure it got to keep all the power it has and gain more? Anything, everything, it would kill you without a, without a second thought, it would. And that's why as I go into the COVID communism stuff, the most recent COVID communism stuff right now, I want you to understand, I'm going to tell you everything they're doing, tell you some things they're going to do, but none of this stuff should be shocking to you. None of it should be. You wake up in the morning, grab your phone, and what? Whoa, I had no, I had no idea. That should never happen. And if that is happening to you, doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you need to adjust your thinking. You should not be shocked about anything here. What's the latest and greatest from corrupted Western governments? Well, if you donated to the Canadian truckers, those wonderful freedom-loving truckers who've been protesting in Ottawa, you donated anonymously. Most people use Give, Send, Go. It's one of the good crowdfunding sources, a lot better than that filth GoFundMe. Use Give, Send, Go. But anyways, setting that aside. A lot of people use Give, Send, Go, and totally anonymous, send it 40, 50 bucks, go truckers, you know, buy them some eggs or whatever. They got hacked. Okay, already that's illegal. You're exposing private information. Now, what would governments, what would an upright government do with 
getting access to private information, it would say, oh my gosh, that's, whoa, one, don't show me that, that's private. Two, let's go after the guy who hacked it. What did corrupted Western governments do about it? They promptly took the list, looked at the list, and began firing the people on the list without a moment's hesitation. Ontario fired its, uh, uh, Ontario fired the director of communications. Gone. Gone. Like that. Not the only one. People across the country losing their jobs. What did America's journalists do when a felony was committed? A felony was committed against these people who gave anonymously. You can't just hack and release anonymous data. That, that's a felony. That's a crime. What did America's journalists do? The journalists who always act like they're sticking up for the little guy, right? Speaking truth to power. What did they do? They started tracking down the people on the list and asking them questions. That's for real. And I don't just mean some random internet blogger. The Washington Post, I believe it's the second biggest newspaper in America after the New York Times. The Washington Post out there tracking down people who donated as little as $40 so they could harass them about why they would give to a protest. Now, who did the hacking? Who would do something like this? Well, I'm gonna show you something, and I'll be honest with you. It's so deranged, it's a little bit difficult to watch, but do me a favor, I don't ask this a lot, watch and don't look away, because I do want you to understand the level of evil you're up against. This is the guy's name. His name's Aubrey Cottle. Look at what you're up against. This is what you face. Nothing scares me. Nothing. Yes, I doxed the truckers. I did it. It was me. I hacked Gibson Go, baby. And I do it again. I do it a hundred times. I did it. I did it. Come at me. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to me? Huh? Tough to watch, right? I'll be honest. It made me cringe. But it is important to understand that's what you're up against. Now, you may be asking yourself, why is he not behind bars? Why is he not in handcuffs? You can't just hack private websites, release private information. That's multiple crimes, right? You can't do that. That's, that's against the law. Well, again, if you're asking yourself that, you don't understand what time it is. You're allowed to break the law as long as you're on the side of the regime. Yeah, he hacked a private website. Yes, he released private information. But he released the private information of people the regime considered to be enemies. Therefore, he's allowed to get off scot-free. This is no different than that Black Lives Matter guy attempting to assassinate a mayor in Louisville and getting released on bail the next day. January 6th protesters are still rotting in D.C. gulags as we speak. When you have corrupted nations that are completely evil like we have now, this is what you get. And look, let's be honest. We're all in the same boat here. Canada's justice minister, I want you to listen to this person. This isn't some random lefty internet blogger from Berkeley. This is the justice minister in Canada. Listen to how they talk. 
Look, you've just compared people who may have donated to this to the, the same people who are funding maybe a terrorist. I just want to be clear here, sir. This is really important. A lot of folks says, look, I just don't like your vaccine mandates and I donated to this. Now it's illegal. Should I be worried that the bank can freeze my account? What's your answer to that? Well, if, I think if you if you are a member uh, of you know a, a pro-Trump movement who's donating hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars to this kind of thing, then you ought to be worried. You hear how they talk? <laughs> Remember, these are considered to be the leaders of free countries. Does that sound like a leader of a free country? Is that what that sounds like to you? Do you think he sees himself as just a servant of the people, a leader of a free country? Or do you think he sees himself, as I've explained to you a hundred times, as a higher class, as a king who should be able to rule over you, do as he pleases, and squash his enemies? Listen to this person. This is the big dog. This is the PM of Canada, Justin Trudeau, calling a bunch of truckers who don't want to get a vaccine Nazis. If Canadians are to trust their government, their government needs to trust Canadians. Those are the words of the Prime Minister in 2015. These people, very often misogynistic, racist, women haters, science deniers, the fringe. Same Prime Minister six years later as he fans the flames of an unjustified national emergency. So, Mr. Speaker, when did the Prime Minister lose his way? When did it happen? Right, Honourable Prime Minister. Speaker, Conservative Party members can stand with people who wave swastikas. They can stand with people who wave uh, the Confederate flag. We will choose to stand with Canadians who deserve to be able to get to their jobs, who be able to get their lives back. These illegal protests need to stop, and they will, Mr. Speaker. Again, you have to adjust your way of thinking about your governments now. And look, this, these are the same people who are debanking Trump supporters, people on the right in the United States of America here. Don't, don't think we're somehow separate. Let's keep in mind the evil of our own government here, right here in America. Let's remember coronavirus. Do you remember the government, various levels, started banning treatments doctors were saying were working for coronavirus. Again, I've never touted these treatments because I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, all these things. But I don't know if they work or not. It's not I, I don't know. But I do know I've talked to several doctors and healthcare professionals who say they, they're treating patients with them successfully. America's government at the federal and state level moved to ban these things. Your FDA, my FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, just lifted the authorization for the use of Regeneron. Just talked to a guy at a hospital in Mississippi the other night, said, I've been saving lives with Regeneron for a while. Now I'm watching people die flatline, and I've got Regeneron sitting right over there. I could give them, but I'm not allowed to do so anymore. Are you ready to admit your government is evil? Because it is. Now, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. And now we're seeing all these restrictions lifted, all the lockdowns start to start to go away. But in the blue areas, D.C., L.A., all of them, well, I mean, we're backing off. And that honestly might be the most evil thing yet, because all the child suicides, overdoses, financial destruction, none of it moved these people at all. But bad poll numbers. Oh, hey, let's back off a little bit. And still they lie about it. Here's regime spokesman Fauci lying about it.
So do you think that the local politics when it comes to these kinds of mandates are overriding the science or largely no? Well, I, I, Hallie, I wouldn't say it's the politics. I think it's 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 the different uh, evaluation of what's right for a particular community. I mean, you were, you, we use the word politics. I'm not so sure it's that. I just think at the local level, there's a strong feeling of needing to get back to normality. It's not politics. No. Oh, it's about politics. And you know it's about politics because the CDC, CDC Director Walensky came out and basically said, well, yeah, I mean, we're going to lift some mass stuff, maybe. I mean, but look, we want to have the ability to put this back in after the election. We are assessing the most important factors based on where we are in the pandemic and will soon put guidance in place that is relevant and encourages prevention measures when they are most needed to protect public health and our hospitals. We want to give people a break from things like mask wearing when these metrics are better and then have the ability to reach for them again should things worsen. Sure, it's about the metrics. Look, we just want the ability to put them back in if things should go bad. We all know the game here. I hope you're awake and grown up enough to understand what you're facing. And I've said it before, I'm not going to stop saying it. You need to demand this of your elected leaders. We don't need accountability. That's a great word they use in politics. It never seems to happen. Get specific. We need trials. We need people placed under arrest, charged with the felonies they've committed, the crimes against humanity they've committed, and we need public trials. So the next public leader who tries to do something like this is too scared. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got John Daniel Davidson of the Federalist is joining us next. Now let's talk about something good. Pictures. I know you have them on your phone. How many do you have on your phone? A bunch, right? So let's stop there, post, sweetie. I know you do. We all do. I want you to think about your, your favorite picture on your phone. Maybe it's your husband, wife, kiddos. Maybe it's something outside. Maybe it's food. What if you could make a painting out of it? like a real professional painting, one you'd want to hang on the wall. You can at Paint Your Life. Paint Your Life allows you, and this is all done online, it's totally easy, I've done it. I had one we really loved of our boys, our two sons, they had their arms around each other, big old smiles. We thought, oh man, it'd be really cool if that was a painting. Now, you know how not tech savvy I am, it was cake. Go to paintyourlife.com, you upload your picture, you actually pick your artist. I mean, we're talking about professional artists here. Pick your style. Do you want black and white, whatever it may be? Pick your size. And they will paint you a professional picture at Paint Your Life. It's that cool. They'll deliver it to you. Granted, the grandparents saw it and stole it, but we did have a really cool painting for a while. You get 20% off right now, too, by the way. You have to text 64,000. 64,000. You have to text the word Jesse. Text the word Jesse to 64,000. That gets you 20% off and free shipping. And remember, if you don't love the final painting, as it comes out you don't like it, you will. But if you don't like it, you get all your money back. Text Jesse to 64,000. We'll be back. This is 
is a time for responsible leadership, not crass partisanship. The situation requires additional tools not held by other federal, provincial or territorial law. It's what responsible leadership requires. These measures must be and will be compliant with the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. We will always defend the rights of Canadians to peaceful assembly and to freedom of expression. I don't think he means that. Joining me now is John Daniel Davidson. He's a senior editor with The Great Federalist. I don't think he means responsible leadership, John. I kind of feel like he means something else. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, everything that Trudeau has done since this started uh, has sort of been inviting an escalation between law enforcement and these protesters. Every single thing Trudeau has said, every single thing he's done, including the things he hasn't done, which is sort of like, you know, talk to the protesters, meet with them, say a single conciliatory word that he understands their frustrations. Now he's he's escalated this every step of the way and I think he wants a confrontation. He is, and actually you have a great piece up at The Federalist I would encourage people to go read about the fact that it seems like he wants violence. And I totally agree with you, it seems like he does, but John, I need you to help me to understand why? I mean, this is the digital age. If Canadian troops or cops, whatever they are, if they go marching in there, start cracking heads, God forbid, shoot somebody or something like that, it's going to be on Instagram in 15 seconds. This is, this is not something that's going to make Trudeau look good if it goes bad. So why try to make it go bad? Well, you have to think about it from Trudeau's perspective. This, I think, is his opportunity. He sees this as his opportunity and sort of the sort of left-wing elites that uh, that he aligns himself with, that he really represents in Canada as their kind of January 6th moment. He needs these protesters to be seen as domestic terrorists because they represent, as he himself said, unacceptable views. So you can't tolerate these unacceptable views in Canada, in Trudeau's Canada. And so he needs domestic political opponents, people who disagree with him, ideologically, people who disagree with him about policy to be painted in the worst possible light. He needs them to be terrorists. And what do you do with terrorists? Well, you certainly don't negotiate with them. You crack down on them. You respond in force. I think he thinks it looks strong and, and he's playing to his base here and maybe it works for them. Uh, but a growing number of Canadians are really uh, off put by this and think that he's making the situation much worse. John, can you help me understand where he thinks this goes? I mean, because it just, I guess this is my problem. It seems like it would be so easy to get rid of the truckers and all would be forgotten. Just drop the dumb mandate. I mean, people forget that's really the only demand that truckers have is the mandate. It would not be difficult for Trudeau to stand up and say, hey, they're clogging up the works. We're going to get rid of the mandate. He could even say something dumb, like I would encourage companies to mandate it and just walk away and it wouldn't be a big loss. Why not just do the easy thing? Well, going back to what I just said, because because then he doesn't have his January 6th moment. Then then he validates ah. the, the views of people who he thinks are disgusting. These are working class people who have conservative social views, probably. But it's also just a mix. This is like a populist thing. It's not even a left or right thing. These are just uh, these are just normal people who uh, have struggled throughout this pandemic. Most of them have done everything that the government has asked them to do. Some 90% or something like that of Canadian truckers are vaccinated. Uh, they've complied with all these draconian mandates. 
uh, but he can't be seen to compromise with these people because they embody everything that he and his class of elites hate. And so you can't, yes, there's plenty of things that a real leader could do to you know, provide off ramps for this situation to wind it down, to walk away, even to claim victory. You know, he could he could claim victory and be like, oh, you know, we we uh, you know showed these people. The provincial governors, the provincial governments are already rescinding these mandates. Case numbers and hospitalization rates in Canada are plummeting. There's absolutely no reason for this stuff to be around anymore. So that this is now not really about COVID. This is this is about what kind of society Trudeau thinks Canada is and, and what his place it is in it and, and what these truckers place are in it. John, you mentioned the word elites and it's used a lot and it's used appropriately as you just did. And, and there's this thing out there now, like if you read history books, as I know you do, and you read about you know old American presidents, old American politicians, they did feel part of the country. They felt like they were part of the country. They felt some sort right. of kinship with the people in the country. And it doesn't seem like that's the case at all anymore. These people genuinely seem to uh, think that they're kings and queens, and they're just up here, and we are down here. When did that happen? How did that happen? Because it's not a Canadian thing. It's very much American, too. It's Western. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a globalist thing, right? And, and it's mm -hmm. happened over the, the past few decades. Justin Trudeau is sort of a walking embodiment of like Davos man, you know, this global elite who has no allegiance to his own people, who has uh, really no particular place that he thinks is more important than another place. Uh, and, and he looks down on people who, these little people who are tied to a place who are tied to a nation, uh, who are tied to a particular maybe way of life or culture. So the, all this talk uh, among leftists about multiculturalism and diversity, they don't really want real diversity because real diversity means that, you know, you have to learn to live with people maybe that you don't like so much and people who live in ways that you think maybe are, uh, are is disgusting, uh, which certainly in this case is what Trudeau thinks of the protesters. But he's this Davos man. He thinks that people in Canada uh, that he governs, that him and, and his fellow elites govern, should just do as they're told. Go, you know, you heard the deputy prime minister when they invoked the Emergencies Act earlier this week. She said something very telling. She said, these truckers need to get back to work and stop making us all poorer. Get back to being an economic unit and do as you're told. Because that's how they see their countrymen. They don't really see them as countrymen. They see them as subjects to be managed by them. And that's how they see the world. So good. John, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming, having me on. All right. We have Representative Thomas Massey joining us next. It sure seems like a lot of people in America, including our leadership, are banging some war drums pretty hard. I'll be anxious to see what one of the good ones Thomas Massey has to say about that. But let's talk about Eden Pure real quick. I know you love yours. If you've already gotten one, I know you love yours because you email me about it. These things are so popular, people email me about them. I, I told you. Look, full disclosure, if you're skeptical, when a buddy first told me about them, I was skeptical. I've always had air purifiers. What's so special about this one? I mean, I get it. It's, it's okay. But, man, it's amazing. And it's just this little black box. When I first pulled it out, I thought, what is this little thing? It's not going to do anything. Goes right in the plug-in, goes right in the outlet in the wall, doesn't even make a bunch of noise. It cleans your air. It constantly cleans your air. You can smell it. You can taste it. It is amazing. And they have a three-pack 
for my viewers right now because I bought three. I ended up buying three of them. I told you I loved it. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE. You get $200 off. $200. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. How high is the threat of a Russian invasion right now? It's very high. Why? It's very high because they have not... They have not moved any of their troops out. They've moved more troops in, number one. Number two, we have reason to believe that they are engaged in a false flag operation. They have an excuse to go in. Every indication we have is they're prepared to go into Ukraine, attack Ukraine. Your sense is this is going to happen? Yes. Not, I, my sense this will happen within the next several days. Well pretty sunny, isn't it? Joining me now, Representative Thomas Massey, one of the good ones from Kentucky. Congressman, first, I did enjoy him having to remove the mask to talk <laughs> to reporters. It is amazing how kids have to wear that. And they can't communicate, but the president does. But setting that aside, I've been trying to figure out why it's been all doom and gloom from the White House. I understand why they want a war to keep their, you know, public off the eyes of their bad poll numbers, but it seems like a constant message of doom. Why? Well, I noticed the mask too. Nothing projects strength when the leader of the free world is wearing a face diaper. Um, <laughs> in, in any case, uh, you know, Joe Biden's only got one gear and that's grumpy old man. So it's hard to tell if the mood is just the Joe Biden get out off my lawn, the get out of Ukraine um, mood, or if there's something that the administration is trying to project. Maybe they're trying to project strength by being grumpy and doom and gloom. What should the Americans, the average American, what should we think about it? I'll be honest with you, Congressman, and I don't mean this to sound cold-hearted. I don't care. We have, we have a mountain of problems right here. It's not that I, I wish people in Ukraine best. I wish people in Russia best. I don't care. Why is this our problem at all? Explain it to me. It's not our problem. We should be worried about the invasion at our southern border, not any kind of incursion across the Ukrainian border. Uh, but here's here's where I'm worried this might be going, Jesse, and something that we should all be worried about. I, I've heard some rhetoric in Washington, D.C., where they want to get into sort of a trade war with Russia. In other words, economic sanctions against them, and then there would be sanctions against us. And if we stop trading with Russia, the prices here in the United States are going to go up, even though it constitutes a small amount of the trade that we have globally. For instance, we get almost a billion dollars of fertilizer from Russia. Shut that off and see what that does to food prices. So not only should we not be in a hot war because it's not in the U.S. interest, we should avoid a cold war and we should avoid a trade war as well. Congressman, who are our enemies now globally? Obviously China, that goes without saying, but who are the ones we need to keep our eye on? Who are the ones who are aggressively going after our interests? Well, actually, I think India's got this figured out pretty well. India is uh, allied with just about everybody except for China. India has, uh, and, and they don't have formal alliances, by the way. They don't make uh, treaties and whatnot like the rest of the countries. But their informal alliances are with Australia, the United States, and Russia, because they recognize that the, the great threat to freedom on this planet is China. China. 
everyone seems to understand this, or at least everyone I talk to, China's a threat, China's a threat, China's a big problem, and yet so few nations seem to want to actually do something about it, ours included. Why? What am I missing? The enemy is practically telling us he's the enemy. He's quite open about it, quite open about his plans, and we continue to act like he's, what, lying? Well, look, the strongest, the strongest message that the United States could send is to be as independent as possible. No country can be independent and maximize their trade and their utility for their citizens. But we should at least be energy independent. We should be making our own steel. We should be uh, food self-sufficient food-wise. So if we want to you know, be strong globally, the first thing we have to do is decrease some of our dependence on China and these other countries. Congressman, Dr. Fauci, uh, obviously I'm not a big fan. I, I, I don't, don't think you're a gigantic f fan either, but we're entering the realm now of national child abuse. Here's Dr. Fauci talking about masks and kids. It very well may be that if you take masks off the kids in the next week or so, it's going to keep going down. But you've really got to be careful. You know, you don't want to say it's an absolutely wrong decision. It's understandable why people want to take masks off the kids. But right now, given the level of activity that we have, it is risky. Can you please explain to me this creepy obsession with abusing kids? Because there are a lot of people in this country who seem to have it. This is obviously a power and control thing. I'm an idiot, but even I can read the data that kids are not in danger, yet people want the masks at all times. Why? Well, people are fed up. They've had enough. Dr. Fauci is a child abuser. The, the whole argument from the beginning for masking children and keeping them out of school and not letting them uh, you know, develop educationally was to protect the older generation. Basically, the kids have been sacrificed for the last two years. And this has been part of Dr. Fauci's plan. As you said, we've known statistically from the beginning there are much greater th threats to children than COVID. For instance, car accidents, accidents of just about any kind, or even the flu is more dangerous to children. So, uh, but here's the good news. People are fed up. Dr. Fauci's power is only the power that he can project. He ran around to all the states a couple years ago, except for Florida, because Ron DeSantis banned him from coming to Florida and spreading his fear porn. Thank goodness. Uh, but he ran around and he gave the imprimatur of the federal government to these health agencies, these bureaucrats at the state level, so that it was never really the Trump government that shut down things. It was the state governments, with the exception of Florida and South Dakota, uh, that were shutting things down. But they were doing it with the imprimatur of Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks. So he's been an abuser from the beginning. This was all part of his plan. They're, they're fed up with him. At the school board level, they're saying, take the masks off uh, here in Kentucky. They are fed up with him. Why is he still there? How has this guy been around for so long? I mean, I understand he does an interview on CNN every single day. But other than that, very few people are still listening to him. And yet he's still, as far as I know, the highest paid member of the federal government. How is that humanly possible? Well, these bureaucrats dig in like ticks. Um, they burrow in and they survive from one administration to the other. He shouldn't be there. I was the first co-sponsor of Marjorie Taylor's Green's bill to fire Fauci. And we've picked up a lot of co-sponsors since then. I wanted to fire him while he was working for Trump. And Warren Davidson of Ohio also has a bill to fire Fauci that I've joined on to. Hopefully when we get the majority back in the House, 
we can defund what he's doing. There are a lot of people whose notoriety doesn't rise to the level of Dr. Fauci's at the CDC and NIH who need fired and, and basically banned from ever making decisions for the public again. They've been lying through this entire pandemic. Some of them they think are noble lies, but ultimately at the end of the day, you have to let the American people know true facts and let them make their decisions for their own health outcomes. Congressman, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, Jesse. Okay. All right. The latest on the Durham stuff. This has this has the potential to have legs. I don't want to get your hopes up. I don't want to get my hopes up. But we're going to talk a little bit about Hillary and Durham findings and whatnot here in just a second. Let's talk about something else first, though. If you own a home, unless you're up on things, which I admit I was not, your home title is online. You may not know that. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Well, your home title's online. All of them are now. And so, I mean, look, somebody just hacked Give, Send, Go. Hacking your home title is nothing. This has become a gigantic cybercrime that's sweeping the country. They hack into your home title. They don't steal your home. They forge your signature on it and go take a loan or several out against it. You'll get evicted from your home. People have been evicted who are victims of this crime. Or maybe you won't get evicted. Maybe you'll catch it in time. You'll have to spend tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees to get it unwound. It's that big of a deal. It's a financially devastating crime. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and put in your address. It's free and see if you're already a victim. You might. You wouldn't know it till the late notices start coming in the mail. While you're there, sign up. Sign up. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. You're seeing the system in action all the time, aren't you? the way they go after their enemies. We already talked about, I mean, my goodness, you're protecting a hacker who committed a crime. You're also going after the people who were in the information, the hacker release. I mean, that's astounding, right? So you're protecting your, en your friends. You're going after your enemies. Just the naked corruption of the system is something to see. You have another great example of it with this Hillary Clinton stuff. Just to recap, in case you've been hiding under a rock, Durham, the special counsel, who's been digging into this stuff for a while, what exactly did the Democrats do with all this Russian spying? He uncovered some things, and they're shocking. Shocking. It looks like an employee was hired. His name is Joffe. It doesn't matter what his name is. But he was hired as an employee while Barack Obama was president to maintain the White House servers. Those are really important things. A bunch of technical stuff. Looks like he's a card-carrying Democrat who stayed on once Trump took over and Hillary Clinton and her people worked with him to plant false information on Trump, which was then given to the CIA. I mean, it is straight out of the... Look, if they were to give you a plot line of this on Netflix or whatever everyone watches, you'd say, oh gosh, that's so... That's been done a thousand times. No one believes that. This is real. It is real. And the system, they did something very, very common for them. It really should tell you all you need to know about how guilty they are. When these findings first dropped, they just ignored it. Remember, it was dead silent for a couple days. I mean, you saw it here on the first, but for the most part, it was just dead silence. No one even addressed it. Only, it's not going away. I mean, you can't just wash some of this stuff away. So now what they're doing is something they do very well. And you, I mean, you almost have to admire it. It's gross, but you almost have to admire it. 
the system, when it's in trouble, they're really, really good at locking shields and fighting off whatever's threatening it. Hillary is, of course, out in front. Quote, Trump and Fox are desperately spitting up a fake scandal to distract from his real ones. So it's a day that ends in why. The more his misdeeds are exposed, the more they lie. Okay, well, Hillary points something out. No big deal, right? That's not the system, Jesse. Oh, it's every part of the system. Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair gets in on it. Quote, you'll never believe it, but Hillary Clinton did not, in fact, spy on Trump's White House. And it even had a little subline saying, in less breaking news, Donald Trump remains a moron. Okay, so we had Vanity Fair. You remember we already played you MSNBC's Joe Scarborough. This is ridiculous. There, were, there won't even be any indictments on this. Oh, it, it keeps going. She did the media car wash with Jimmy Kimmel. Meanwhile, Trump's terrible kids are making the rounds, desperately trying to protect the golden goose. Last night, Eric took time out of his busy schedule to promote this made-up Hillary Clinton spying case that are now pumping into the Fox News viewers' soft oatmeal-like brain. It's, it's, it's made up. What do you have, a soft oatmeal brain? It's all made up. They're all saying the same thing. It's a lie. It's made up. CNN, MSNBC, Vanity Fair, Jimmy Kimmel. I call it the car wash because they just put out the press release and every single part of the system will lock shields to protect it. Look, it's not fake. This is very, very, very real. And if this turns out to be true, and let's remember, Durham, because of his track record, you have to assume it is true. This is a person with a lifetime record of holding powerful people, FBI agents and others accountable, and turning out to be right. He's not some partisan hack. If it is true, and it looks like it is true, this is the biggest scandal in the history of United States politics. By a mile. Nothing comes close. People say it's bigger than Watergate. Watergate was jaywalking compared to this. The Central Intelligence Agency? The FBI? hacked White House servers, it's as big and dire as it gets. And as you can imagine, Trump came out blasting, quote, much of the now uncovered espionage campaign to the Democrats breaking into the White House and my New York City apartment took place after the 2016 election as yet another way to undermine the upcoming 2020 election. This spying into the Oval Office continued for a long period of time and further served to undermine and discredit the 2020 election, along with massive ballot harvesting, phantom voters, and so many other things that made the election a sham. The voting numbers were big and determinative. Determinative. Sorry, that's a lot of, look, that's a lot of syllables for somebody who went to community college. He put out a video, too. <laughs> the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. Well, there's no e real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. A new report from special counsel John Durham. Clinton campaign lawyers paid a tech company to infiltrate Trump servers to fabricate a connection between Trump and Russia. Hillary Clinton broke the law to frame Trump as a Russian traitor. This is truly unprecedented, truly something that has never happened in the history of our great country. This is a digital insurrection. Turns out the Trump-Russian collusion story was just a deflection from the Hillary-Russian collusion story. Trump was right. Trump was telling the truth. It was you, Hillary Clinton, who undermined our democracy. There are people that should go to jail.
well, not to be a Debbie Downer, but well, I don't know that justice is coming for Hillary or anybody. There should. There should be COVID arrests, people in Hillary's camp, maybe Hillary herself, maybe Barack Obama should go to prison. Let's remember this took place under Barack Obama. All these things should happen, and in a just, normal country they would, but that's not what we have anymore. All right, that's enough of that. It's time to lighten the mood. Oh, man, this one's a doozy. So hang on for that. But first, we have a special coming. It comes out tomorrow. It's a special on the border. Now, that's the good news. I have more good news. If you're a First TV supporter, you can watch it on demand. As soon as it's available, you can watch it on demand. You got to go to thefirsttv.com slash support, though, and sign up to watch it. All right? Thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up. We'll be right back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And people complain a lot about social media. You hear it a lot. Even people who have social media accounts complain about social media. And I'll be honest, I get it. A lot of those complaints are 100% valid. It could be poisonous. I don't believe it's for kids. It, it's, it's, I get it. Whatever your criticisms of social media are, they're valid. But it's not all bad. Let's understand something. Social media has given you a gift. It's given me a gift. You now have access to elected officials like never before. At no other point in human history did people have such access to the people who rule their lives. That's just the truth. If you're in Boston, I don't care. Boston's an old city, right? It's been, been around a minute. How many residents of Boston have been able to actually speak with their mayor at any point in history? Not many. The number is very tiny. If there was a pie chart, it'd be a wee little sliver. Well, social media has changed that. Boston has a new mayor. She's a full-blown communist. Her name's Michelle Wu. And she decided to do a little online Q&A. And, uh, well, she got cued. Oh. Checking with the congresswoman's team, and if if it comes down to it, I will log out and log back in. Couple connecting with each other. favorite thing about Boston winter. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love snow. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Was that not the greatest? 
I don't know what part. The uncomfortable silences, tyrant, tyrant. Remove the mandates, tyrant, every single question. And then she'd finally see like one diamond in the rough. Oh, the year of the tiger, heart emoji. I don't know whether that was the best part. Or when she looks at her comms, Steve, should I log out and log back in? Is this thing on? <laughs> That's greatness. I'll see you tomorrow.